0: Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown Podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey. What episode are we on? Oh my gosh, we are on the episode that means we are almost old enough to drink, but we're not yet. We're just 20 and we're trying to find the friends that can help us out with having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Unless you were me in college and you know, that wasn't what I did, but that's fine. Um, But yeah, no, episode 20 is where we're at. It's a pretty exciting, um, it feels like a milestone. Are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um we do you know a podcast once a week and so this is 20 weeks now that we have been doing a podcast which is a a pretty solid commitment it really is 20 weeks is a long time it it definitely is so we are in episode 20 Mm -hmm. and this week we have a very special guest That will be with us later on in the show. Yes. And this is national women's soccer player forward, Allie Watt, who plays on the OL Reign. Oh, my gosh. So excited about it. We are excited about it. We did actually record and speak with her a little bit earlier on last week because yeah. that was when we had an opportunity to talk with her. So we're you know, recording. Scheduling with professional athletes and stuff. Sometimes yeah. you have to like make it work. And she was so great to talk to. She was really nice. I'm excited for you guys to hear the conversation that we had. Yes. And she was really easy to talk to. And So fun. Getting to know her just as like as a person. I, I think that's... Like, yeah, I feel like she'd be fun to hang out with. She would probably be really fun to hang out yeah. with. So stay tuned for that um, that segment with Allie Watt. Yes. We have cut out quite a bit of uh, of segments from the show today, and that's to kind of listen to you guys and what you want from the show. True. And that means kind of cutting out some things that maybe you all feel isn't necessarily relevant to what you want to listen to and hear. Yeah. So, for instance, we will no longer be doing the-, the... Pacific Northwest Athlete Quote of the Week. And we also will not have... The uh, player Player of of the the week. week. I mean, maybe every once in a while, those things will come back. If there's something, you know, like current or really important, you know, we might just pop a thing in, but, but consistently, yeah, it's not going to be an all the time sort of situation right now. And as we have special guests and we feel like those are important things we would like to highlight. We might yeah. take out some of the other things that we really enjoy in this podcast, like Kate's Corner or, yeah. you know, the She Talks Hawk slash Hawkeye analysis segments. So we are going so to adjust to make sure yeah. that when you are listening, that it's an enjoyable experience and that it doesn't take up too much of your very precious time. Because we really appreciate you listening and being a part of all this with us. And so your feedback, we take pretty seriously. So in case you have no idea what we're talking about, um, we had put out a survey for people to to answer, to give us some feedback on that. I think that survey is still... It's still live. Uh, people can still, still continue up there. to give feedback. Um, yeah. You can find it on the Twitter page for sure at this point. It's still live there. Um, and yes, yeah, so we just kind of asked what people were thinking. And overall, it sounds like maybe maybe we're just a touch long on our length. So we're going to try to see if we can you know switch that up a little bit and see if that goes well. Yeah. You know yeah we want people to get the most out of it and enjoy listening and all that so thank so, you for your feedback yeah we appreciate it what we're gonna do next then because we're gonna dive right into i think it's actually one of all of your favorite segments because it was one of them that nobody wanted to take off everybody wanted it it is the showdown lowdown coming up next it is time for the showdown lowdown showdown That was like a mix and match situation, it was, is yeah. what that was. Yeah. It I was. just couldn't really commit to which it's like version. my socks on a very consistent basis. I've gotten yeah, better at it. Yeah, we're yeah, it's true. It's there true. was a day that Kate and I were doing laundry and she's like, Oh, here's like a purple color of this sock, and here's the blue one. And she's like, But I can't find their matches. And I looked down at my feet and I had a purple <laughs> and a blue one on my feet. So It's not uncommon that if I'm like, it's the same sock, just a different color. Cool. It works. Yeah. You know that there's always those things about your partner or your friends or whoever in your life that you're just like, that is a weird quirk, but I'm just going to love you anyway. And that's how I feel about you and your socks. Yep. So anyways, this is a showdown lowdown. It is. That's what sports. And in this segment, we talk about the Pacific Northwest sports news and updates around the different leagues. And we are going to start out with the Seattle storm. So, as free agency is officially underway for the WNBA, the Seattle Storm are re-signing and bringing back legends to the squad for what many assume to be Sue Bird's final season of her Hall of Fame career. Mm -hmm. The Storm are bringing back Breonna Stewart, Jewel Lloyd, and Mercedes Russell this season. Well, also bringing in Brienne January for her final WNBA season as well. Yeah. So she's already announced this is her final season, but she wants to come back to Washington State, which yeah. is her which home is her state. Home. Yep. And I, I'm really excited to watch this season. You don't want to miss it. So be sure to attend as many games as you can at Climate Pledge yes. when the Storm are playing at home. Yes. Because I think that this is going to be a year to remember it's, for the for the storm. It's going to be so epic. I'm so glad we have tickets, the season tickets, so that we can go. Um, I, I am so pumped to see all of this and to see all these amazing athletes back. In such an amazing – just all the amazings right now. But in such like a – a facility that really is the caliber of the talent that they have. They are loaded with star pick right? power and they will be the team to beat. I, I mean, think that I, I mean, really truly do. Yeah. I mean, when they were playing in key arena, like all well and good, you know, everybody love the key, but you know, with climate pledge under construction, they've been playing up at, I think like angel of the winds or something. Yep. And it's like, that's not, I mean, no offense Everett, but you know, that's not where they deserve to be. So I'm so glad that, All these folks are coming to Climate Pledge to just rock it out. Yes. Yes. Um, Speaking of awesome athletes, let's get over to the OL Reign. There's some big news on the OL Reign side this week. So on the 31st of January, the uh, National Women's Soccer League and the uh, National Women's Soccer League Player Association uh, reached an agreement on a collective bargaining agreement. Um, So they made, they kind of finally finalize that and that's going to run through uh 2026 so this is the first cba actually in the history of the nwsl and it's been set up to implement some monumental changes in the league so there were five main parts of the cba to include um, increasing investment in players which is like salary increases and other material benefits Mm -hmm. Uh, free agency being introduced in 2023 um some defined terms like you know what's a season and vacation time, other leave statuses, things like that. Um, some improved health and wellness benefits, and then also enhanced group license provisions. And I'll be real honest; I'm not really sure what this means exactly. I tried to look it up, and I kept getting stuff about like driver's licenses, which I know that's not what it is. <laughs> so, uh, but I wasn't sure how to look it up any other way. So, if you know what that means out there, uh, let me know, and I'll keep trying to see if I can figure it out. Also, but. Uh preseason for the NWSL started on February 1st and the OL Reign have locked in their roster with 28 players, 25 of whom are under contract with the Reign through the 2022 season. And we went through a pretty big list of players yes, we last did. week. I think we covered all the additions to the team throughout the couple weeks that we've been filling you in and so so that's all locked in and also to note, uh Hope Solo who was a former goalkeeper for the Reign was elected as a class member for the 2022 uh, National Soccer Hall of Fame group. So it's always fun when some local folks get some uh some Hall of Fame recognition. So And so on that note yeah. for the Seattle Sounders. I'm sorry, what about Hall of Fame? Okay. Seattle Sounders legend Clint Dempsey has Mm -hmm. been elected into the National Soccer Hall of Fame as well. Love it. And so a little bit of background on Clint Dempsey is Mm -hmm. in the summer of 2013, Dempsey joined the Seattle Sounders FC. He led Seattle to more glory with the Sounders FC claiming the 2014 MLS Supporters Shield Mm. and the U.S. Open Cup titles before claiming its first MLS Cup crown in 2016. Wow. With 142 appearances over 13 years, Clint Dempsey helped define one of the most exciting eras of the U.S. men's national team. Hmm. Known for his aggressive style and attacking flair both as a midfielder and forward, Dempsey finished his international career tied with Lyndon Donovan as a U.S. men's national team's joint leading goal scorer, though he did get his 57 goals in 17 less games. Wow. The first U.S. men's national team player to score in three different FIFA World Cups and spearhead of three uh, Gold Cup winning teams, Dempsey is widely considered one of the greatest U.S. players of all time. Wow. And Dempsey retired in August of 2018. That's cool. And i mean good for the sounders like to have somebody like that in their in their history he was a he was a fun player to watch i Mm -hmm. mean he truly is one of the greatest us players of all time he was he was so much fun to watch that is that's good i like that it's it's good stuff oh she winked at me you couldn't see (laughs) it but she winked at me it was so cute oh geez she was like you're doing great kate keep going she said it all with a wink so i will keep going thanks for the encouragement dear you're welcome so let's move on to the kraken um So the Kraken have been on the road for a four game, uh, stretch and they've been trying to maintain the progress and the momentum momentum that that is that they made at home. So on the 27th, they played the Pittsburgh Penguins and ended the game with a beautiful score of Kraken two and Penguins one. Uh, the game was tied up in the last four minutes and then Adam Larson scored the winning goal in overtime. So great. Uh, that game. was fun to watch, that overtime game. It was a really fun. I mean, the Kraken games lately have been super fun to watch. Was that the game? We were recording the podcast, and that was the game that yes. was on, and we finished recording the podcast, yes. and we f- then it literally, like, went, it, to, went overtime to overtime, yeah. and we got to watch it. So mm-hmm. that was cool. Uh, yeah, that one was, oh, was so fun to watch. Um, so the game that they had then against the New York Islanders for the 29th, actually had to be rescheduled to the second because of the winter storm that hit New York and that whole area. So uh, this caused the Kraken to have to play uh, two games back to back, which is never really ideal. But um, on the 30th, the Kraken had a rough loss in the last 34 seconds of the game against the New York Rangers. So they you know, were not winning that one, uh, three to two. I like and, So Kate has a problem with saying like a team, I mean, her, a team lost. So she always will say did not win or not winning. I'll just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe lose is nicer, but I don't know. They just didn't win. That's all. They're not losers. They just didn't win. Um, so I love, I love you so much. I just, I feel for them. Um. So, so that was their game on the, uh, the 30th. So then they had games on the first and the second. So the Kraken, kind of got into another similar situation in their game against the Boston Bruins on the 1st of February with kind of another outcome of not winning three to two. Um, <laughs> and it really has been coming down to the end of the games lately. It feels um, that way. And, yeah. I mean, as a fan, my heart just breaks for them when that happens, because you can see how this team is really playing differently and has such a fire inside of them lately. I mean, so their game on the second against the Islanders, it had gotten rescheduled. They played it. It shaped up to be it turned out to be the very first shutout in kraken history with the kraken winning three to zero so going into the third period of this game the score was still zero to zero but the kraken came out dominant to end it and grubauer had an excellent game and we are so excited that he got to be the goalie to record that first shutout grubauer I think that we were both on the same page with that. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so fun fact, cause you know, I have to throw one in there somewhere. So the game against the Bruins was the first game for Kale Fleury to be playing for the Kraken. And if his last name sounds familiar, it's because his brother Hayden Fleury is also on the Kraken. Um, this is the first set of brothers to ever be drafted by the same expansion team. Um, they had only played together in one game ever for hockey. And that was, I guess when the boys were in like elementary school and, Half of Hayden's teammates didn't show up to like an away game. So the coach had Kale join since his gear was in the car. Um, we have also learned like since this game happened that Kale has been, you know, traded off to, I think, um, a minor league yeah. team. But I still think that it is what super fun cool and amazing that they got to play too, together. You know? Yeah. So fun. It's kind of cool getting to know like little stories like mm-hmm. the behind the scenes. To get to know or, the players like, the a little bit of the players, more stuff too. Yeah. yeah. So I just I love that. Um, I always I know growing up I always wanted to like do stuff with like be in a play. At the same time, my brother was in a play or whatever you know in high school, and it's like the one thing from high school that I am I remember kind playing. of sad about is yeah. that I never got to be in like a play or a musical with him. Cause
1: I got to play out.
0: up with my sister um, when we played soccer when we were younger, and so mm-hmm. I was always two years younger than lots of the girls I was playing with. Mm-hmm and but it was a lot of fun for me at least I was like I get to play with my big sister and she loves me so much but I'm also like oh man I'm like that I'm like that little sister that would tag along and I would always go over to sleepovers at her friend's house and I was just like the sister that would tag along but I was very grateful for her friends that were so kind and like welcoming to have me be a part of that yeah Um, for sure it's kind of funny being like the youngest kids to start off with you know like or to to be with them you have a different experience with those older siblings? We just want them to like us so much. So as grownups, it's a lot more, it's a lot better about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's totally different. You feel more confident. But anyway, speaking of feeling confident, let's get back into talking about athletes who need to feel confident to do their jobs. All right. So the Seattle Seawolves on Friday, January 28th, the Seawolves rugby team had their final exhibition match before their MLR season officially begins. Yes. They came out on top with a shout out win over the Hartford Harpooners, which is, again, one of my, I really enjoy that word. And they won 50 to zero. That is amazing. So the BECU player of the match was Mitch Castro. Nice. So congrats, Congrats, Mitch, Mitch, on being the BECU player of the match. And the Seawolves' first season match is this Sunday, February 6th at 7 p.m. at Starfire Sports in Tukwila against the Toronto Arrows. Nice. So the Seawolves will be kicking off the MLR 2022 season with a special event this Saturday, February 5th at Simply Seattle from 1 to 2 p.m. Yes. Get your Seahawks gear, meet some players, get autographs, get a photo with our BFF Rocky the Seawolf. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. And just so you all know, you you should make a day out of this. Go downtown, go to Pike's Place, get pierogies, go shopping, go help local businesses. Yeah. And have lunch downtown and then go over to Simply Seattle which is in walking distance. Um, it's located at 1600 first Avenue, Seattle, Washington, nine, eight, one, zero, one. Yeah. So go just make a little fun day out of it. And it's not just sports stuff that simply Seattle has. They have a lot of like Northwest stuff also. So if you are the type of person who likes to, you know, be a little touristy in your own place, maybe you need a new snow globe. Maybe you need a new mug with the space needle on it. I don't know. It could happen. Maybe you need a PNW shirt. So you feel like you're supporting the PNW showdown. It's true. That would be kind of fun, too. Yeah. So good stuff there. We wish we could be there. But we do. We'll not be able to. But I hope you go. Please go. Because Rocky the Seawolf really wants to know how many Pacific Northwest Showdown fans he's going to meet at that event, and, and he specifically has said that. So um please show up. Let them know, hey, yes, we're, yes, yes. we heard that this event was happening from the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast, and this is why we're here. You just say, like, Rucky, your BFFs sent me, and he'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to continue on to the Seattle Mariners. Yes. So the MLB lockout continues as owners and the MLBPA have continued talks over the past few weeks. They have come to... Um, a standstill over core economic issues, though they have made some progress in other areas. So an update from MLB insiders, here's some of the things that they've said in the last few days. So on February 1st, Evan Dralick, I might be saying that wrong, but um, that insider said today's 90 minute meeting between the MLB and the MLB PA was heated. Uh, Some owners and players participated. Okay and the MLBPA made moves in two areas okay. so those two areas are service time manipulation and pre r bonus pool so dropped request from 105 million to 100 million okay so you know, to be determined when the next core economics meeting will be. So that was what Okay. And I know that Evan people, said people were excited about the the pre-arbitration bonus mm-hmm. pool. So that I could see how that could be an issue for sure. And then as of yesterday, February 2nd, John Heyman said, Talks haven't yet begun. It is that's what one of the players said, you know, how okay. they said it, their side, basically saying the talks haven't really begun at all. Um, Mm. so from here, players did offer a 12 team playoff format and the MLB did propose a universal DH. So, and a drop free agent compensation. So DH being designated hitter. You know, it's interesting because you think that that's what it would mean. And I assume that's what it would mean, but I I don't want to actually say for a fact that that's what they're referring to, but that's what I would automatically think. Got it. Um, because in, I want to say that not all teams have a designated hitter. No, it's just one
1: Le- one part yeah.
0: of the MLB. Yeah, So that would be my assumption. But on the biggest issues, it's been mostly baby steps on both sides. Mm. So based on this fact about kind of coming at a standstill and things kind of getting heated again in, in the economic yeah. talks about this, it's said that spring training games are now – most likely not going to start on time. That there will be a delay to the start of spring training. Oh, okay. It sounds like the MLB and the MLBPA have requested a mediator for these talks to try to help. Yeah, n- do the negotiations. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to help, but hopefully, I mean, it sounds like they're willing to try to bring in extra people to make this yeah situation well, to, and 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 to get an agreement. And generally, like in my uh, experience with like bargains and stuff like that like when they bring in a mediator it's kind of like at the point where the two sides are just sort of like you know totally feeling feeling kind of stuck and so so it could be it very well could be very helpful so I hope that works out it'd be great for baseball to start on time I know especially for the Mariners people were really excited about all their possibilities and everything for this year so good luck over there Um, Let's move on to the Seahawks and uh, just a little bit of info here. Russell Wilson is taking the place of Tom Brady in the Pro Bowl this year as Tom has opted not to participate and also had announced his retirement earlier this week as well. So uh, left tackle Dwayne Brown will also take part in the Pro Bowl. Um, It is taking place this year in Las Vegas and it's on Sunday, February 6th at 3 p.m. Eastern or 12 p.m. Um, in our Seattle time zone. So the game is going to be broadcast on ESPN. And they've been doing some fun things, it looks like, ahead of it. Like with targeting and skills practice stuff. Yeah, and so, like uh, um, Russell Wilson won the preci- the preci- pre- precision. Pre- oh, it's a tough word to say. It is. Um, target, like passing things. So he, yeah. he won that competition because he's... Yeah he's great with his, solid precision. with his targets i said it right that time you did you did a great job i did so yeah so um some of those things can be checked out like online and stuff like that but pretty fun all right so that wraps up our you know showdown lowdown segment yes. we are gonna be diving right into our special guest segment with ali watt coming up i'm next. so excited for you to hear it. stay tuned All right, we have a very special guest to introduce on episode 20 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. We would like to welcome National Women's Soccer League player Ally Watts, who plays forward for the OL Reign. Thank yes. you for joining us, Allie.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: This it's, is so exciting to yeah. have somebody from the OL Reign come on our show. It's pretty exciting. It's I'm I'm very excited about it. So let's start off with some fun questions so that our listeners can kind of get to know you a bit better. And then we'll get into some like more challenging ones that aren't too challenging <laughs> about the 2022 <laughs> season coming up. So to start with, um, what is one of your favorite things about living in the Pacific Northwest?
1: So my favorite thing about living up here in Tacoma is probably like the nature. So like when growing up, I grew up in Colorado, mm-hmm. and, like, Power Springs so are at the base of Pikes Peak, and we're just like under like a couple hours to like go hiking somewhere and go exploring the outdoors. So coming here, having Mount Rainier, having a mountain again to look at, it's just so nice to just kind of feel a little bit at home. Because I went to school in Texas, and Texas mm. as flat as possible. <laughs> yeah,
0: Maybe no
1: mountains. Like I don't know which way, like directionally, I have no idea which way anywhere it is. So it's like nice to be here and like just be more with like nature and it reminds me of home. Mm-hmm. And I remember some of my teammates last year, we went to Mount Rainier National Park and went hiking. And that is some of the most gorgeous scenery I've ever seen.
0: So like
1: the pictures and the videos we took, just like, doesn't give it justice. And I wish it did because I want like everyone I was sending to like, realize like how gorgeous it is up here. So yeah. I think like the nature is just so nice because I can seriously just go to Point Defiance and just go on a walk and hike and it's gorgeous. And yes. so kind of nicely like get away a little bit from when like, we're like tired from soccer and just like have a little escape. So yeah. it kind of cool yeah. and it's really nice.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's always good when people find out how nice it is here, but we don't want everyone to know how nice it is.
1: <laughs> I've just heard kidding. the same
0: about Colorado it's though. Cause I yeah. have a couple friends that live in Colorado yeah. and they're like, don't tell anybody how nice it is. How many days of the year here? Like everybody. Yeah, it's a long, there,
1: like we have, I remember growing up, we have brutal winners. But, like, mm-hmm. the summers are so nice. And, like, we're, mm-hmm. like, known for, like, people coming in the winter for, like, Aspen, Breckenridge for, like, skiing. But, like, if they came in the winter, at, like, came in the summer at, at the same places, it's just as gorgeous. Yeah. But yeah. many people have been moving to Colorado. It's super crowded now. So yeah. So yeah. the living, like, well, it's, like, Detroit is, like, one of the, like, best, like, places to live in America. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so mm-hmm. nice. And it's now getting a little expensive, though, because so many people are coming. Exactly. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I was really happy to like grow up with like all four seasons Mm -hmm. and experience all of it. And like the spring, like you'll have the winter in the morning and then summer in the afternoon kind of deal going on. So Mm -hmm. it was definitely, definitely experience. You go through a lot, but I loved it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you kind of might've hinted to it, but maybe you have a different answer for this one. So besides soccer, what is your favorite outdoor activity?
1: I do enjoy hiking a lot (laughs) and just getting out there. Just and, like, when, like, where we live, we're near, near some water. Like, just going out and just sitting by the water. It's just mm-hmm. so nice. Especially during the summer when it got really nice. And, like, when we had, like, a couple days where it was, like, ten degrees. Yeah. I was all for it <laughs> being outside and just getting away. I do like reading. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I get tired from working out all the time. So, I'll be more than happy to sit in my room and just read. Um Or bishop. <laughs> so... Oh, what, what's yeah. a book
0: that you would recommend to people? Like if they're like, I need a new book to read. Do you have a recommendation that somebody should just like pick up today?
1: I like Colleen Hoover, mm. it has been really popular and I've been really loving her books. And oh, if you ever get Rose LaBelle to talk to you about books, she loves books. She's like the biggest oh, yeah. book of my life. So she's been like <laughs> giving and recommending so many books to all of us. So like I think what was the other one? Like The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of that one. And then just any like like thrillers or like suspenseful ones that make me actually like turn the page. And then I'm like sitting there reading for like four hours at a time. (laughs) And then like read through the night and then not going to sleep. So any like mystery thrillers, I'm really, okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that's fun. Um, so reading is, is a great thing to do when you travel. So where is your favorite place that you have traveled to? Um, or one of your favorites, you might've been um, a lot of places enjoyed,
1: we went to DC. Cause we got mm-hmm. to like, go look at the monuments and I never got to do that before. So that was really fun. Or just anytime we get to go somewhere warm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Orlando was nice. And we were there like, cause we have like a three like trip away. Cause we live so far away from everyone else. And it was like three different places we were going to on our way trip. And so we were in Orlando for a while. So we got to go to universal Oh nice! I'm a Harry Potter fan, so I was yes. so lit at Harry Potter world. <laughs> when I down to, I love going down to Houston because I went to school in Texas at Texas A&M, so it's like an hour and a half away. So mm-hmm. I get to meet my friends, and they come visit. I'd like ask for more tickets, and like please, I have so many people coming to see me, and I like miss them so much, and then mm-hmm. get to get dinner with them and lunch. So it was nice to go see so many of my, my friends when we we're in Texas, but anywhere warm is always great.
0: I know it's funny because when you mentioned loving that like 110 degree weather that we had um, I'm not somebody that thrives in the heat which is good (laughs) that I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest for the most part (laughs) because usually it doesn't get as hot as it did um, this last summer you should have seen me I had like we had like ice packs. Like I was like snuggling ice packs. this summer.
1: People don't have ACs though.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I we did not
1: realize that was a thing when I came up here like, yeah, we don't have AC. I'm like, what? In the wonder you guys are like struggling. I, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. We have, like, I was dying. Just that like portable one you have in like the one room. So you just live in that one room for like yeah. the whole oh week or goodness. whatever.
1: I- Had no idea like luckily my apartment had ac so and i keep my room like brutally cold even like in the winter it's still like 69 right now so yeah i don't really like heat up i just depend on blankets but i love it when it's freezing but like (laughs) people in seattle just didn't have like ac
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) people should buy them now yeah Oh yeah, they'll be way cheaper to get now than later. Yeah, think ahead.
1: Everything was sold out and people were just miserable. I'm
0: like, get them now, Seattleites. Yeah, there's your PSA. Prepare. Go get, (laughs) go get your air conditioners now. (laughs) All right. So, as a young kid growing up, one of my favorite things about playing soccer was seeing what the halftime snack would be. So, if you were responsible for bringing a snack for your team at halftime, what would it be?
1: So like it's kind of funny because like for the last season like I wasn't I wasn't playing because I was injured. So like when you're watching, we would like some of us would do, go downstairs real quick to like help prepare like some half type snacks. So like when we joke about like oh like bring your orange slices, we are peeling oranges. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> we're peeling oranges. Like we're cutting up some bananas. Like anything. We're like, just, like on a plate, just like here, take it, take it. Like I know you're dying. Just eat some of the food. So, yeah. Like, when we say like, we joke about like, Oh, like soccer moms bring orange slices. We like eat the thing. Like, yeah. We love them. Yeah. <laughs> that, or I love eating like goldfish or pretzels. You will always see me just snacking on something. Gummy bears.
0: Okay. Nice. Good to know well, if we, you know, when we come to a game, we'll have to like throw you a bag of like gummy bears <laughs> down there and just be like after <laughs> the game, <laughs> after the game, but whatevs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I always loved, I didn't play soccer as a kid, but I played like, T-ball one time and uh, one season. No, I'm not super athletic and that's okay. But um but I loved the orange slices and doing like the orange slice smile and every kid thinks they're like totally unique and that no one else has figured that out and that you're a genius. But the orange slice smile was like my
1: favorite. Where slices you just go like they it in the yeah. locker room every time like it's just you know, the juice is just great. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. It's just so refreshing cuz like you're trying to chug water and you need to eat something. Orange slices, bananas,
0: And you're trying not to feel like sloshy at the same time yeah. the water. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, um, we like to take time in our podcast to elevate, um, the importance of supporting one another and giving back where we can. So, um, is there any cause or foundation that's like near and dear to your heart, um, that you want us to bring awareness to?
1: I think just gender equality is just like a big topic that will always be in women's sport. Yeah. Yeah like it's oh my goodness we've been on so many CDA calls about like us trying to just like get like everything done to just like have a greater league and build a greater future for women's sport in america but like it's frustrating to just like you be a part of that or you have to like people still like don't understand the concept of like equalness mm-hmm. i just like i don't get how that's still, like why we have to explain that to people like i don't get it like we have some like the some world-class women Athletes in America. Like, we have oh, some yeah. badass women in mm-hmm. this world of athletes. Like, we have our women's national team. It's like the best in the world. Yeah, But we only support them for World Cup, Olympics. Why are we not supporting them year round when 80% of them play here in America? Like, I just, I don't get it. And we're yeah. they're here out of like nine months out of the year when we're here in season, and no one wants to come see us and support us, just only on big events. So that's just frustrating. hmm. Before I I, yeah. It. Take, you
0: can take, away. no, take it, <laughs> take it, take it away <laughs> on all that uh, note.
1: Just, I don't know. It's just, don't just pick and select when you want to support them. Don't pick and select, Oh, when they're doing the greatest and winning world cups, winning Olympics, don't just pick them to support them. Then like they play here, they play right here. I am mm-hmm. like in America we're accessible and we play year round. We have one of the longest seasons I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to start on that. Like I, we only get two months off this last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Like we, we're something like, to support all the time. You yeah, be like supporting we're
1: from I think we'll have a, like a little preseason tournament in March, maybe. Like we're playing from March to the end of October. That is plenty of time to come to the game and support us. Let's yes. go. Like, all right. Yes. just Come on! Like I don't get it. <laughs>
0: No, mm-hmm. thank you for like s- stating that here because our listeners need to hear that too, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you for sharing that that's something that's really important to you and something that we can, I mean, we are as women talking sports here on a podcast. We that's also it, something yeah. that we're trying to elevate, right? Like women talking sports, women in sports. And but so, exactly,
1: it's like in general, in the world, women
0: like, in the world, like yes.
1: place, the workplace, anything like all together. Yep. I it's a little closer to home with my profession, but like, it's in every woman's profession of Mm -hmm. trying to gain it sucks that we're still fighting
0: for it you know well it's a it's a fight we're gonna continue to fight it's worth it's yeah it's worth following through on for sure yeah Mm -hmm. all right so we're gonna kind of dive into some more of those like the ol rain questions this upcoming season so we're gonna start off a little bit with talking about you specifically heading into this next season so We know that you had a unique and a challenging journey to begin your NWSL career, having experienced tearing your ACL only 13 minutes into your NWSL debut back in June of 2020. Um, But can you speak to our listeners about the importance of surrounding yourself with a support system when one faces an event that challenges one's mental, emotional, and physical well-being?
1: Um, I could just say it's everything. It carries you so much more than you, like, actually realize. So, like, I I didn't realize that until, like, I was finally cleared. And I was surrounded by my team, surrounded by so many great people, realizing that they carried me so much more than they realized. And, like, the great thing is they don't even know what they were doing the whole time. It's so genuine of how much support I was getting through it. Not even just on my team, not just my family and friends, just from all the WOSO fans in general. Mm -hmm. Didn't help that I did tear it on, at the time, the most aired or, like, most viewed – and didn't sell game at the time. So that didn't help. That was pretty like out there, but like the response I got initially from tearing it to my whole journey. It was, it' since it was pretty public, I thought it was more than great for me to just make it public to everyone. My whole journey back and being very transparent and vulnerable with the whole situation. I felt like it gave me a great platform to talk to a lot of people that don't know what to do in those situations. Cause tearing your ACL is a very common thing to do in soccer. It's, Sadly, very common, and some people feel so alone when there's so many of us that mm-hmm. go through that journey multiple times. For some people, actually, like some of my teammates in college, I had to witness them go through it twice. Multiple people go through it twice, and I cannot imagine going through it a second time because I went through it once. But I think the unbelievable support from just fans and then just my teammates, my staff. I I was given like some of the best PTs and doctors I could possibly get because mine was a little bit more than just an ACL. I had to go through four different procedures for me to get back on the field. And it was just complex. It was just, I was super unlucky with so many things and so many things had to be explained to me like, Oh, well this happened because this happened. And we had to do this extra work because you did this. I'm like, Oh, well, like I thought I was going to be back in like less than a year and it ended mm-hmm. up being over a year for me to get back. But like, I had such great support from this mm-hmm. team and like I got traded in the middle of me rehabbing yeah. from North Carolina. And I was so scared to come here because I had to make new friends, new teammates, and they were so welcoming and it, wanting to help me through my journey that it was so overwhelming to even like, accept all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So Overwhelming after I finally got on the field and got cleared and got that support of like, Oh my gosh, we did it. Like, it wasn't just a me effort. It mm-hmm. was seriously every single person that saw me lifting, pushed me through my reps, saw my tears, saw the sweat and all the frustrations that went into it that was everyone and I think everybody for that. you're leaving
0: me with goosebumps yeah. oh my gosh I'm sitting over here and they're just like my it's whole like, body
1: right now like you you really realize like how great your teammates are and how like mm-hmm. your, how your family is how great your friends are and how you yeah. are surrounded by so many amazing people and mm-hmm. then you just like realize it for a second I'm like wow well, I'll be ungrateful but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really grateful and I'm gonna prefer forever be grateful for it so it was great yeah, yeah.
0: That's so great. And it's great that you were able to like accept that help and support because sometimes that can be really hard to do too. So I'm sure that just meant a lot to your support system that you were also accepting their help because that can be really hard too, for sure. So, um, so you're officially cleared to get back on the pitch for the 2022 season with all rain. So what do you hope to accomplish this season as an individual?
1: So I think I was just talking talking to our new uh, physical therapist about this because we had to check in on me and she like finally got CIs on my knee and everything and like do a little bit more testing on like strength or whatever because I think I will forever be having to be proactive now and yeah. everything and still trying to build like strength back in my quad and everything. And like, I was just telling her, I was like, my main goal this year as I start my third season in the NWL, is just to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Like I would just love it if I can make it through a whole season. And I know this season I'm going to have to Deal with aches and pains more so with just finding how my knee is and just everything mm-hmm. like that. And I just want to be able to manage the pain, fight through the pain, and just get through a whole season. That is my biggest goal of 2022. if I can do that, then I win. I like Yes. There, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Would I love for the team to do great and for us to win and all that? Yes, absolutely. That's all. <laughs> I love. But as an individual, I am just hoping to stay healthy. I think that's the main thing. That would be just a big victory in my career as a self because I have only, what, like, under, like, nine pro games under my belt. And Mm then even though I maybe have less than a half played because I started playing in the last, like, six games the last season. And I was a sub, which is totally understandable. So I think just finding a new role and accepting that role, working hard in that role, but just progressing as a player is just something I'm really excited for in 2022 because, when you don't play soccer at the highest level that you're hoping for, for over probably 14 months, you kind of yep. lose just a little bit and mm-hmm. just trying to find myself as a soccer player again before I w- got injured. And then to improve that player and come back better than I was injured, I think is something I really want to focus on as well. And I think I'm in great hands to tactically develop more now. Cause I think physically I'm developing really well with just strength. Cause that's all I've been focusing on for over yep. a year. Yeah insanely strong now. Now I just need to get the mental soccer IQ back and just figure out myself again as a player. And if I had to rebuild that and reform it to do something else, then I would do that. But just trying to find my identity as a soccer player, I think is something I'm going to have to really figure out in 2022 as I finally start playing and get to be with my teammates.
0: That's going to be really fun to just watch unfold for you too, Mm -hmm. because that's, that's a really personal thing for you to figure out what that means for you and what that means on the field. And so I'm really excited to watch that journey unfold.
1: I'm hoping to finally not be like Ali Watts, ACL, torn in the first 13 minutes of her end of career kind of deal. You know, like I was, I think I've just been rarely known for like my identity for a while. It's just been like the rehab mm-hmm. group. always been in the rehab group, always having to go in for extra lifting, like mm-hmm. feeling, not saying my, t- like feeling a little separated from the team. Cause I have to do all these other things. I'm not actually in their drills doing their practicing, now that I'm finally fully cleared it in, now I'm like hoping, like, I'm not saying like, I'm not happy that I went through that journey and it's not, it didn't build who I am as a player and as a person, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping to transform and like develop a new identity. Cause I don't want to be known as the ACL girl, the knee girl. Like, I don't want to be just known as that. So i think trying to get that left in the past and just like, Oh, like, yeah, it happened. But like, yep. I'm something else. I'm Ali Watt. I'm... Into this new identity. I so own it right now, yes, right here, right exactly, now. You yeah. own I don't want it to be ACL Alley knee identity.
0: So what are you? Let's hear we'll it.
1: We'll find you're out. Allie, you're Alley
0: Watt, know, a badass know. soccer player. Is what you are. Yeah. We'll right. You're gonna tear it up out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and tearing it up at Lumen Field. Yeah. So. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about the OL Rain getting to play on Lumen Field for
1: 2022? So I we now last time we played at Lumen, first of all, it was just like huge rivalry in Portland. So like that itself was kind of epic. But like we set a record and day we sell for an attendance of like twenty seven thousand people.
0: How mm-hmm. is that was, like, not
1: exciting that we could possibly do that again? Yep. Ever every at home? So I think the fans, because before we were all rain, we were rain like Seattle rain. So we used to be in Seattle, and I think maybe coming all the way down to Tacoma, because it's not as close to Seattle as most people think it is. Because it's not like, 35 minutes. Sometimes with traffic, it's longer. I remember one time it took me two hours to get from Seattle back to Tacoma after a doctor's appointment.
0: Yep. So I work in Tacoma and I live in Northgate, so I hear you. <laughs>
1: know further apart. So I think us, we're kind of separated from our fan base. I feel like so us being back at Lumen, like. I think Mm -hmm. they're ready to get wild. (laughs) Yes. We're
0: excited to come down. We're so many fans.
1: Last time we were there was a party. There was like fire and (laughs) all this pizzazz. (laughs) It's like a little festival going on. So I'm just really excited for the fans and for the energy. I think that energy would be huge. Uh, Playing on a baseball field was not ideal.
0: (laughs) But that's another thing too, is like I used to work for the Rainiers doing ticket sales stuff. And we'd watch them have to flip the baseball field to yeah. the soccer pitch for you guys when you'd come play for, you know, your games. And it was a really quick turnaround and it didn't look ideal like it's circumstances asked, out I there.
1: Was just I was like, can we not go near the ridge? <laughs> like, I'm like, I like, just go the other way for the goal? Yeah. So, it's just nice to actually be put in a world-class facility. That's what we've been advertising because it's right. We have world-class athletes. Yeah. It's a world-class facility. We have some yep. of the best. Like, especially last year, if you saw our internationals that we had for France, we had so many world-class players and we were playing at a minor league baseball field. So I think it is a big step for us to finally be in like amazing facilities and the fans are going to come. I know they are. So really excited for the atmosphere we're going to be having yes. at this year.
0: Yes. I love it. I love it. So, um, last season, 2021, there was kind of a difficult start to that season And it was, it was turned around after coach Harvey's arrival in, um, August In August. Thank you. And so how do you, how do you see the start of this season being different than the start of last season?
1: So I want to say kudos to coach Harvey for coming in when we were not doing the best. We were just at the point trying to fight for playoffs and not like be just eliminated at the end of season. And she also came at a very difficult time. The league is league is the league and just all the things that were happening in the NWSL that were coming out. And it was very heavy with what, everything that happened last year, like mentally and emotionally. So it was kudos to coach Harvey to come in and just help us collect ourselves and mm-hmm. just get the job done. We had to end up having an amazing season. It was insane. And just the fact that she had to do that that quick without preparation, just whatever the team was, like she just had to f- make minor fixes and Put us where we were. Help us find our identity. I think was a huge part, and yeah. because we had no idea how like what system to play, who we are, are like how did people in the league know us as like what as that team. So I think now starting in twenty twenty two, starting from a fresh sheet, she's gonna have so much freedom to build our team and figure out what we need to do to win and get the system right with the players that we have and really just be in more control. Cause last year there was so many different factors that were playing into like against everybody in the league that was happening. That was just chaos and the sad. <laughs> so yeah, just, I think she's really excited to build the team and how she wants it to look with the players that we have and customize it. And I don't know, I'm really excited.
0: I'm so excited to see how it's how it unfolds because she was yeah. she was coming off of being was she the coach in the Olympics for Tokyo and she was coming but, off
1: of that she was on staff yeah she yeah. was on staff so when we had her listed she was still in Tokyo yeah and we, like, all, like going on zoom talking to her and like the time change is just horrible too so that's the first time we met her it was on a zoom call she was in Tokyo and She used to be at um, Utah and then she's been in the, um, with U S soccer for a while. So she really knows what she's talking about. She's an amazing coach. And I think that's what really helped us just having a plan and executing Uh the plan. So now we have a full season to figure out what our plan is for this year and then execute it. So that'd be really nice.
0: Yes. So on that note, what will it take in the 2022 season to win the NWSL championship and what do you feel like the OL Reigns strengths are this season? And what do you feel like you guys could work on still?
1: I think to win, it's just grit, determination, hard work. Like whoever, whichever team puts in the most hard work, is going to be the team that wins. If mm-hmm. you see how things are stacking up for each team in this league, it's honestly like a toss up. Like each team looks terrifying in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoever puts it, whoever figures the plan, whoever executes, and whoever just has the desire and the grit and the will to just put everything out there and to win. Mm -hmm. I think it's always going to be what builds champions, what builds any championship team is just the hard work, what happens behind the scenes, the unity, so many different things, but the grit and the hard work to get the job done is going to, what's going to be it. So, well, we're starting on the first. And honestly, it's been happening ever since we, had our last game off Cheney, and we're all crying in the locker room when we lost. And ever since then, we started the work. And I know everybody has been working really ho- hard in this off season. We took a, the rest that we needed. It was a long season, and then we've been working like there's, we're here early, and we've been doing sessions, and we are ready to play. So just putting yeah. all that work behind the scenes and being with each other and building that chemistry, I think, is going be huge for any team. Chemistry team. is so Makes important on a, a team.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Gosh, this has been so fun. Um, So we're going to wrap up the segment with this question. What is your favorite memory from your time playing soccer?
1: That's hard because. Or one of your favorites. I don't know. <laughs> People like always say like, oh my gosh, when did you start playing soccer? I don't know when I did because it's been always there. <laughs> so like. um. Mm. I think probably like my biggest ones, my biggest moments in soccer, I could do three. Let's do it. Okay, okay. cool. My first one is probably, um, okay, I lost it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have two.
1: <laughs> okay, no, okay, being at World Cup for the U 20s when I was super young and I came on the field and I scored. <laughs> And then my teammate came on the field, too, and she scored. And so the subs came on and scored, and we ended up winning against Mexico in quarterfinals. And that got player in the match. Yeah. So like, and we're, like, all crying because we thought we are about to go home. And, like, low-key, like, we kind of wanted to because we were just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we're all, I was, like, probably, like, night. Uh, I was probably, like, 18 or, like, 19 at the time. So we're, like, away from home for over, over a month in a foreign country we're all just like wanted to go home and we're just like sad Yeah. <laughs> and then winning this quarterfinals and we're like, Oh my gosh, we finally did it. And like, we were crying. Cause like, Oh my gosh, we finally did it. And like, we're so proud of ourselves. So yeah. that was a good to have because the chemistry and like the relationships you build at that level, because we were living in a hotel together for over a month, awesome. you build a lot of relationships. So like, awesome. we're very emotional with each other. <laughs> um, I think my second one is when I got drafted because it's always been like a dream to like play professionally. Like people always say, like, oh, like you play soccer, you play soccer just for fun. Like, oh, you're going to get your college paid for if you go on scholarship. No, I'm going to, I want to play pro. Like, I don't know. Like school's important, but like. Yeah. I, I was trying to get to the next level of soccer. I'll worry about my school and, like a job after, but I want to play professionally and to finally get that dream fulfilled. Like I've been dreaming about that since I was in middle school. Yeah. Uh, I need to play professionally. So that was a big moment. And then I think the third one was when I got cleared to play and I finally got on the pitch and I was trying my hardest not to cry when I was running on. It. <laughs> and then when the f- we, we won and I hit the post <laughs> in that game <laughs> if I would have scored I would have been that would have been the moment that I was like determined my life <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were like that's it
1: yeah but then I mean, getting cleared and finally getting on the pitch was probably like it's probably like my biggest one because there was so yeah. much hard work and emotion and like heartache that was going through that journey mm. And then to finally get back to where I wanted to be and like being surrounded by my team and like trying my best not to cry the whole time was oh, awesome. Wow. Girl, I'm gonna cry for you when you get that goal. I'm just, I'm oh, gonna, I would have been hi. lost. I would have been like running in the stands or something. I would have been gone crazy. Yes. <laughs> for next time.
0: Well, huh. gosh, we just appreciate
1: so everything great. that you shared
0: with us in this segment and and coming on our show and um it's been really cool kind of getting to know more about you yeah. on a personal level, but professional level as well. And we're really excited to support you at Lumen field. We'll yes. be there. Like we're going to be there supporting you guys. We're coming gonna get, to games. We're going to be telling all of our followers, all of our listeners to show yeah. up and to be there for women's sports and to elevate them.
1: Oh, so I'm, you. I'm
0: stoked. Yeah. We're really excited. I was, when we found out y- y'all were coming back to Lumen, it was like, Oh yeah. Cause we can just hop on the light rail and it's like, I mean, oh, it takes right us right like 15 minutes like, <laughs> from the light rail. To get there. <laughs> like, we have, we have like perfect access now. And it's like, now that that's open, it's like, yes. Yeah, it's
1: so like, I think the fans are really excited. I'm really excited. We're really excited for it. Like, yes. Well, like, I know we have to drive up there, but it's going to be fine. Not to go. Um. The family, it was so big.
0: Yeah. All right, Allie. Well, again, thank you for being on episode 20 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. Maybe we'll have you back someday um, to share more of your favorite memories through your career. And we're excited to see you take off. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you.
0: It is time for our mailbag segment. Yeah. And we had, I had forgotten to put out, I was just like, oh, no, we're recording tonight. I haven't even put out, like, does anybody have mailbag questions? (laughs) Well, I tried to, like, I tried to tweet something about it the other day, thinking maybe it would, like, spur people to, like, uh, maybe ask a question or something, but then... Nobody asked a question, which was fine. So I'm glad that you. That but you I did. got six. I got six questions. But I'm excited about it. in great less questions. than you know, like twelve that is, hours. That is dedicated fans right there. Thank you, dedicated fans. And we do have a question from someone who has not asked a question before for the podcast. I'm excited to answer that person's question coming on a little bit later. But you can go ahead and ask, get asked. All right, let's do it. So, uh, <laughs> rookie sea wolf. I love so much. Um Rocky shout out to you BFF says if you could travel anywhere no matter how much money where would you travel and why? Mine would be this is Rocky's answer. Mine would be to New Zealand to watch the mighty All Blacks play a home match. PS, hope I get to meet a whole bunch of PNW showdown fans this weekend at Simply Seattle on Saturday from 1 to 2. I told you, he'd, straight from Rocky's fins, uh, fins yeah. His, <laughs> He's typed so well for His having typing fins. fins. Um, yeah. So if you could travel anywhere, where would you travel and why? I think I love. I like Rucky's answer, and I think it makes a lot of sense for Rucky. I have no issue with New Zealand, and if I ever went there, I'd be I so happy. I would love eventually. So yeah, yeah, happy to go to um, New Zealand. I have kind of like a bucket list thing of I want to go to all the different Disney parks in the world, and so I think. Um, I would probably make, I'd probably just kind of like technically make it one trip. Mm -hmm. I would make it like a, you know, I'd go to like Japan and then, you know, um, Shanghai and Hong Kong Mm -hmm. to hit up like all three of those big Disney resorts um, and kind of make that my giant where I would go. I would go to the Asia Disney's is what I would do. That's, you have a purpose behind why you've selected yours for me. Yeah. Yeah. See, I really loved when I got to go to Scotland, um, Mm -hmm. when I was 19, but I feel like, okay, Michaela, you've been there, so you need to choose a new place. And I always Mm -hmm. have wanted to go to Greece. Yeah. I think Greece would be absolutely beautiful to travel to. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: and for me, I really love doing landscape photography. Mm -hmm. And so I, am trying to think about all these beautiful places and granted, there are so many beautiful places in the world to take photos at, um, and you see them like, sometimes on Instagram if you're following like different photography sites. And you're like, where is that place? I want to go there to take photos. Exactly. So that's kind of what I have in my mind. But I would also love to go to Ireland.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of said that. I nice. was like, oh, you're trying to slip into a little bit of an accent not, there. Not, neither not us, intentional. N- neither of us are great at accents. But I will say I am better than Michaela. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> All right. So that's. That is from Rucky. And there are your answers. Yeah. Um, Moving on to. Life Love Rugby asked, uh, Starfire Stadium has been good to the hashtag Seawolves, but its limit capacity and parking has been a thorn for fans. Where would you like to see the team either move or build at to better the experience for fans and growth of the team? So I agree. Like when we went to Starfire the parking was difficult because they do have so many different fields there mm-hmm. for even like youth, like soccer games and that kind of yeah. thing that there's a lot of different games happening. It's mm-hmm. not just like one stadium and one Yeah, event. It's not like it's just the park parking for, for their game. Right. So I do agree that that was a little tricky. And if you don't get there early enough, then it could be really difficult
1: mm-hmm. um to
0: find the parking. Uh, so it, I would say that they ha- they own a lot of land over there like I would say either they need to figure out like a parking garage, garage situation to provide more mm. spaces That's not a bad idea. Um so either do that because Starfire at this point like the thing that I really did enjoy about the Sea playing at Starfire is how intimate it felt like mm-hmm. watching them play. Yeah. And that you really feel like more immersed in the game because of how up yeah. close and personal it felt to watch them. Now, on the flip side, I also understand in terms of capacity and fans that as a growing fan base, they will need they will need yeah. more spaces that they would want as many fans to come out and watch all of their games. And so for that kind of expansion, they would need a bigger pitch, like a bigger stadium for them to play on. Mm -hmm. and initially obviously the first thing that comes to mind is lumen field just because the style of field you could make you could put a rugby pitch on there no problem but then you talk about the teams that are already existing and playing there during the same time right you're talking the the sounders fc you're talking the ol rain kind of in that Mm -hmm. springtime that they have games yeah and so trying to balance a schedule between home games for three teams could be tricky it could be so it's it to be honest i don't know if i have a really solid answer on that but what i do know is that there's a lot of people out there that are still learning that the sea wolves exist i you know oh, i've yeah. talked to a lot of people Almost and they said so that they don't know have like like my stepmom called me the other day and she goes like something about the podcast and the sea wolves and our experience going to the game and she goes where do they play? And I was just like, Tuck Willa, and she goes, Oh! And then she asked how much the tickets were, and she goes, Oh, that's like sounds like a lot of fun, you know? Can you drink there? And I'm like, Yeah, you can buy drinks there. And she's a fun stepmom. She's a very fun stepmom. Um, so I was just like, Yeah, absolutely. And so she's like, I didn't even know. And I was telling a colleague about it, and they didn't know either that we had a major league rugby team, and that yeah. that would be a lot of fun to go watch. Yeah. And so as more and more people are learning about it, I think the rugby team will have to consider. Hey, how do we get more space for fans in terms of I mean, if you if you think about sort of uh how this how big some of the places are that teams play like overseas and how many fans are there and everything, like I could see why um why that experience could be really fun too to see a match in that way. It does feel really it does feel really cool to be so close to the field at Starfire. I really I do like the vibe of it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I'm being picky, like I'd like some different seats maybe, but that's only cause I'm very specific, but, um, but you know uh, I think overall it, it's a fun experience. Yeah. I think if the parking was fixed,
1: it know. might make that, it better at this at point in time. Yeah, at least temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily.
0: But yeah, as it grows and people know more about it, I mean, especially with how affordable the tickets are for professional Not matches. only that, but I think that it sounds kind of interesting, but Tukwila is actually more of a middle ground for people that live in Tacoma and, and, and Pierce County and then King County coming down. And so I know a lot of people sometimes don't like traveling up to even just like, you know, Lumen Field or T-Mobile yeah. for some of these professional sporting events. Yeah. And I've heard from people that are struggling with the OL rain actually moving from playing at Cheney Stadium up to Lumen because they really loved having them play in Tacoma. So, because they liked having like a local ish major. So, I think that it would be important that. Um, if for some reason the Seawolves decided to need to expand in terms of their capacity limits and parking mm-hmm. ab- ability, that they should kind of consider either staying close in that area yeah, or, you know, Kent or, you know, just somewhere where it's a little bit more of a middle ground between Pierce and King County, because sure. those are highly populated counties. Yeah. And it might make more people be willing to come. It's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point, too. Absolutely. Oh, there it was. Um, so Seawolves, we love you and we are, you know, happy to, uh, see you wherever you play and we just want, we want good things for all of you out there. Go rugby. So moving over to our buddy Steve Olson here, who is so good at sending questions, um, says if you started a food truck, what would be the cuisine? Also, do you have a favorite food truck in the area? And you two are the best which was really cute. It was so um, cute. That was very nice, Steve. I would say if I started a food truck, I am a huge fan of um, like fried chicken sandwiches. You really are. I don't know. Like, here's the thing. I'm like you... a connoisseur of like different hard ciders and then fried chicken sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Like I like to try them if it's from a place I haven't had it before. Yeah. It's like me and my ties. I'm like, you have a my tie on the menu. I'm gonna Let try me try it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say fried chicken sandwiches um that kind of yeah 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 i uh i don't know i feel like whatever whatever food truck i would start would have to be kind of like comfort Mm food-esque like it couldn't be it couldn't be like fancy hoity-toity whatever it would have to be like probably something with macaroni and cheese Mm. probably like i don't know maybe something that just made me feel good as a kid you know or made me feel happy um there was a food truck, I don't know if it still exists. There's a couple I there's a couple I like. Um there was a food truck for a little while that did like fried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Ooh, that and, would be tasty. And so it's like it's like deep fried kind of like in a almost like the kind like the kind of fry you'd get like on a Monte Cristo or something yeah. like that. And they would have like Nutella and banana and like PB&J and you could pick which type of J, you know, for the jelly like which kind you wanted, mm. like grape or raspberry or whatever. Um, that was, you don't know how many things you can fry. I mean, unless you go to the state fair and then I guess you can find you know out know that you too. can fry literally so anything. Go to the up, and you'll find out. Um, but yeah, that kind of thing. And then the other one I really like, uh, like where you at Matt? He does, um, more like uh Creole kind of cuisine. It's always really great. Um, and then I want to say there's, I don't think they do a food trick anymore, but marination, which, um. They used to have a food truck for. Them. they've got a couple different locations in Seattle. It's kind of Hawaiian food. Okay. Um, it's pretty, pretty tasty. So I'm going to leave that one up to Kate because I'm still in the last three years. Yeah. New to Seattle from Tacoma and the Puyallup areas. Yeah. So, well, and then, you know, with the two year basic pandemic, you saying like it hasn't, it's been harder to get out to do yeah. you know, food trucks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my answer for that. Thank you, Steve. Well, so Erica B. Uh, sent us a question and said, if you could help build a stronger team this year for the Hawks, which free agents would you be looking at? And how do you think they would be the missing piece? Or would you simply wait until the draft? I'm going to let Michaela handle this one because she is our resident Seahawks expert and I am hashtag learning sports. Hashtag knowing sports. We hashtag, established that no, no, last no, week. We established hashtag. I know a little bit of stuff about some sports. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Erica, this is a a great question. And I was going to take time to answer this in the She Talks Hawk segment, but we haven't had as much time to include that the last few weeks. So I'm going to answer that question here, which is great. And I'm so glad you asked it. Um, So the information that I'm about to share, I gathered from PFF and, you know, they do the different rankings of the free agents that are available. And it gives a little bit more context for fans to be able to gather that info. So I just wanted to give credit to lots of the more like detailed information that I'm about to share um, in terms of like contract projections and things for these players. But I'm going to start with first of all, I wouldn't wait till the draft for some of these players because I really think it's important to secure. Like we know for a fact, this player is good in a position of need versus saying they looked good in college. Mm. This was a certain kind of level of competition hopefully it's a hit at the NFL level. Mm -hmm. I'd rather know that it's a hit for some of these positions that really need boosting rather than saying, you know what, we still have, we have enough depth to allow this person to potentially, you know, climb the ladder or even develop at the, at the national football Mm -hmm. league level. So, all right. So for these specific positions, so I'm looking at center tackle edge, um, And then I included a wide receiver in there just for fun. And I will kind of go over who I'm kind of focusing in on. That's free agents. So to start, I really think that the Seahawks need to continue to figure out their offensive line situation. Mm -hmm. And Dwayne Brown is a free agent. Lots of people are talking about the fact that the Seahawks will probably or could potentially bring him back on a one-year deal at his age. And that Dwayne Brown has expressed interest in returning to the Seahawks to even retire and sure. finish out his career Makes however sense. i also think that it's important that when there are good younger opportunities to invest in the left tackle the blind side position mm-hmm. that and, and somebody's out there that you should snag them and get them while you can sure and that has been one of the biggest needs in terms of the offensive line like Dwayne Brown's still playing at a pro bowl level. He obviously was selected as a backup yeah. um, and is is playing there, but I also think that it's okay to move on. Um, So I'm looking at tackle Orlando Brown jr. Now Brown wanted to be a true left tackle this past off season and was traded to the Kansas city chiefs from the Ravens mm-hmm. because the Ravens already felt like they had their left tackle that they wanted to stay intact. Okay. And so this, that was kind of what the decision ended up being mm-hmm. And Brown is grading above 70 as a pass blocker and as a run blocker while adjusting to a drop back passing attack and starting alongside an entirely new offensive line unit. Like he's, he's able to step in anywhere and still be really effective at that left tackle position. Hmm. Um, So because he's still available or he's going to be available. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas city locked it in. They obviously know the importance of having good offensive linemen for for Patrick Mahomes, but I think it's time that Seattle steps up and pays up for an offensive line for Russell Wilson. Yes. Especially needing number one, if they bring back Rashad Penny, then you still need good run blocking But it's time that we also have people that are not only good at run blocking, but also good at pass blocking. That is what Russell Wilson needs. So bringing in Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle could, you know, at least stabilize that position for years to come versus just maybe one year and then again needing to figure out that position who is, you know, blocking for Russell's blind side. Mm. So the contract projection for tackle Orlando Brown is – you know, and this is an estimate again by PFF five years at one hundred and five million. So that would be Mm. 21 million per year. Okay. And then potentially 73.5 million total guaranteed. That's a lot of money. Yeah. However, again, keeping your quarterback safe. If you can keep Russell clean and he has Mm -hmm. time and he has the receivers who, if you give him enough time to get open, they will, and they're going to make spectacular catches. It's going to make a difference for sure. So on that note too, let's look at center. Yeah. I don't think Ethan Posick's the answer long-term. He isn't able to consistently stay healthy. Um, But center Ryan Jensen from Tampa Bay is going to be available this um, offseason as a free agent. Now, Jensen's best fit is on a downhill rushing offense, and Mm. that takes advantage of his physicality. Okay. Um, But he is graded above the 70th percentile of all centers in gap and zone run schemes over the past three seasons. So, you know, he's he's a really good run blocker. And again, when we're talking about potentially bringing back Rashad Penny, we all saw the end of the season. If Rashad Penny can be healthy. Yeah. um, You know, what other running back might we bring in? If Chris Carson, depending on his circumstance and if he's good to go or not, um, they're going to need to look at bringing in another true good running back. Mm -hmm. So Bringing in somebody like center Ryan Jensen, you know, could be a huge upgrade, I would think, at the center position. Yeah. The contract projection for him would be three years, $30 million, so $10 million per year, and a potentially $15 million total guaranteed. Hmm, okay. So I would focus on offensive line first to show Russell, like number one, we care about this. And number two, if you're talking about wanting a true balanced offense, you need a good line to be able to run block and get you to have a good run game so that you can then have a great passing game. Yes. So that's, that's where I'd put that priority in terms of edge Chandler Jones. Now these are some of these, these are wish lists. We can't get all of these players. We won't have the cap space and there's a lot of guys that we need to pay to have come back that I still want on the team. Okay. okay yeah so this isn't something that's saying that i think that we can bring all these guys in it's it's not possible in the cap with the cap space that we'll have but these are quote wish list players that i think could be a game changing just by acquiring them sure so chandler jones immediate yeah. impact player on the edge yeah our pass rush was i felt very hot and cold this year there mm-hmm. were games where i felt like i was just like where is it but then you see sparks from like players like daryl taylor who's really young and it's you know essentially was his rookie season because he didn't get to play his rookie season last year with the yeah. injury he was recovering from still um so chandler jones i would love for him not to be in our division against russell wilson anymore because i'm telling you like he so he's an good. impact player um he would help elevate the pass rush immediately and i would love to have him again in our division going against our rivals who have great high powered offenses yeah so the projection for chandler jones would be two years at 33.5 million which would be roughly 16.75 million per year with an estimated 24 million total guaranteed wow okay that's close to what he's making now in terms of 16 mil a year so that will be interesting to see what his um what it looks like for him in yeah. terms of free agency. Okay. The other edge I've considered is Von Miller. We saw how dominant he was in this game against the 49ers yeah. this last week. True. And he had an 85.9 overall grade through week 13 of oh, this wow, yeah. season and that ranked 6th among all edge rushers. Wow. Von Miller is getting a little bit older, but mm. he's still a very he, he's still a huge great edge rusher like he's dominant I think he could really help build up some of our younger guys and really help coach and teach them too um while being an impact impact you know player on the edge somebody that I think was fun because it was somebody that I really wanted even this last season before we really figured out what was going on in our cornerback situation was Stephen Gilmore Hmm. so He played lockdown man coverage better than any corner in the league in his years with the Patriots the last few years before he was traded to the Panthers um, this past season. And one thing I loved about the Legion of Boom that we had, um, you know, 2013 to, you know, 2015, 2012, er that era, is that we had lockdown corners. And the man-to-man coverage was so good that that defense, it just it was impossible to really yeah. be an effective offense on yeah. them. So, if the Seahawks don't bring back Sidney Jones and DJ Reed as cornerbacks okay. because they're both free agents this off season. True. I would love this acquisition. Now, if Trey Brown can get back to 100% health because remember he went down with that season end- ending injury um that he's already had surgery on, he's starting mm-hmm. to do recovery. Yeah. He, he looked great on the left side. And I know that, you know, Gilmore's played the right side and he looked, I mean, he's a shutdown corner. So sure. they could potentially be a really awesome duo to watch for the Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, contract projection for Gilmore would be two years, 28 million, 14 million per year, 20 yeah. million total guaranteed. Again, remember, all of these numbers are estimates. And I'm not saying that we would be able to acquire all of these players because we would not no yes yes yeah so another kind i just threw this one in there this is the last one that i'm you know gonna throw out there as a potential player that we could acquire that i think could help is wide receiver juju smith schuster oh now the seahawks are still very high in second round draft pick d eskridge but i would be intrigued at adding juju as a solid wide receiver three option for wilson He's okay. still only 25 years old yeah. and he has great hands in his physical. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he's in the right scheme for an offense. Yeah. He, we all saw how dominant he was and it's, it was a little bit of a quiet year for him. There were some injuries and stuff that he had to battle through, sure. but I think that he could truly be a great wide receiver three option yeah. alongside Lockett and Metcalf. Yeah. I think he has some good dance moves too, from what I remember mm-hmm. from like, him Some dancing different. in the middle of the field. Yeah. yeah, All that drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that contract projection would be one year at 8 million. Um, you know, it might be like, a okay, last season was a little bit of a down year. Like, what do you have? See how it goes. Kind How's of your health? That kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, that's fun. Thanks for going over all that. And uh, thank you to Erica B for asking that question. Um, Rick Judd 21 has asked would you rather be stuck working in a deep sea station or a deep space station so um here's my thing I just think about both of those things as being situations where I'm going to die yeah <laughs> so then I think about uh like which way would I rather die like would I rather just I, like drown and mm-hmm. implode basically I think d- deep, Deep, uh, deep ocean, deep water, or would I rather just basically like uh, freeze and asphyxiate kind of in a deep space station? So. Oh my God. Um, okay. Yeah. See, that's pretty Neither intense. of them sound great. I think if I wasn't going to be dead, like if I was guaranteed to not die, mm-hmm. I would probably pick uh, the deep, the deep sea station. Cause even though space is kind of cool, I think it's really interesting that there's like all kinds of stuff that live like deep down in the sea, And like the trenches and stuff that we don't know what's down there, which also could be really scary. Um, So maybe I just don't do either of these things. But I I guess I'm going to be stuck working in the sea. I'm going to pick a deep space station only because I feel like I'd be claustrophobic if I knew that there's all this water around me that could potentially implode the thing that I'm in yeah but that's something if i don't it i know like so that for me i feel like i'd feel like suffocated but if i was like i've been on an airplane and so if i've been on an airplane and i'm looking down at earth sure. and all the things like i feel like i'd feel less like i get that like claustrophobic sure. being in space and getting to like look around at space and looking down at earth like i'm just higher up than i've been in a plane i get that i get that. by a by a lot but yeah. I mean, I guess, okay. So and gravity. So, like, it's like if I'm there's no gravity. So yeah. Yeah. He's so floating. I'd be floating. That'd be kind of fun. So, I maybe. wouldn't like free fall and die. Yeah. But have you heard about like all the things that like you have to do in space because of yeah the no gravity yeah. stuff? Mm hmm i don't know man okay it's a tricky question i see rick jed with that question yeah i'm choosing deep space i'll miss you a lot while i'm down in the deep you know what though this could be like what if look i don't know why you didn't pick deep space station because this could be like some star wars slash star trek adventure stuff well that's a really good point actually oh man i guess like kind of instant death of freezing and no oxygen would you die instantly in space? I don't know people maybe. okay, I'll go, oh, fine. You're gonna be in space. I don't wanna be alone, so I'll go to space too. Aww. oh, yeah, we'll just come with me. I'll go to, I'll go die with you in space. Um, hopefully not, but could happen. you never know. it's not gonna happen. I'm not going to space. And uh, so thanks, Rick judge. <laughs> For that question we get to ramblyly answer. um So let's move it over to brady Larson eighty nine. Who says, who do you think is gonna win the Super Bowl? And uh he says, he says, my prediction is the Bengals. I want the Bengals to win. I want the Bengals to win a lot more. I do too. I don't I want-, I want the Rams to not win. You know, what? I want the Rams to lose. Ooh. That's it. I want the Rams to lose. Sorry, Matt Stafford. Here's the thing. You're I really forever. want the Bengals to win. I think. I think that the Rams might come out with it, though. Like, if you're asking who do mm-hmm. I think is going to win the Super Bowl, sure. I'm going to say the Rams. If you're asking me who I want really bad to see win the Super Bowl, it is the Bengals. I'm going to go with the Bengals anyway, because I don't think people actually thought they could really beat Kansas City, and they did. So they did. They came back. They, they, that I think, was. If they can... think people were just like, oh, they're not going to beat Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is going to the Super Bowl again. Like, no, I think I'm going to go Joe Burrow. I'm going to lock in on the who dat and the who day and uh go for Bengals winning that's what i think all right i love it yeah all right this takes us to our closing podcast remarks it does um thank you so much for tuning in each week kate where can they find us on social media we are over on twitter facebook instagram and tiktok almost forgot that one and uh yeah we've got some different things going on over there. Twitter is usually the most busy, but we are at PW showdown on all of those platforms. So please come check us out. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment, any of those things, share it with your friends. Um, and you know, again, with the sharing, we really appreciate all of those, all of you that are sharing the podcast with the people, you know, um, helping them to subscribe to the podcast is always really helpful and them sharing it and all that. And we love the ratings and comments. So thank you for all of that. It really does help us out a lot. Yeah. And remember that maybe every once in a while at the very, very end of this podcast, and sometimes there, if you think you're at the end, you might not be at the end that there might be special things that you can hear and listen to at you the never very know. end. It so happen. stay tuned. Maybe every once in a while all the time just in case you don't want to miss anything you never know remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time Congratulations to Hector Perez for winning the $15 Simply Seattle gift certificate from our raffle we had from last week's episode in the Marvel segment. Um, Those who shared that code word from that episode via social media, they tagged us and they were put into this drawing. So out of everybody, Hector, you did it. Congratulations, Hector. So for those of you who have never heard our Marvel segment, sometimes, well, actually not sometimes every episode yeah we talk we about have stuff over here a special little end of the episode little chit chat for maybe one to two minutes and it can be about literally anything yeah it has and been. on That's occasion true. like for last week's episode we put out a raffle for those who happen to listen and if they used a code word then they'd be put in for that raffle to win so sometimes there might be giveaways at the very end of this podcast so make sure you always stay tuned till the very end thank you for listening to the pacific northwest showdown
1: podcast you're awesome we'll see you next week